Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 94 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. And this afternoon, we are here in, what is it, Rosemont? Is it just Rosemont? Yeah, we say the Vieux Rosemont. The, the Vieux Rosemont. Okay, perfect. We got Jean-Philippe, he's the co-owner and head brewer here at La Sal. My friend, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it, man. It's a very cool place. I like it. I've had your beers before, but I hadn't been to the actual establishment. There's lots of wood. It's, it's homely. Neighborhood pub, as you said. Very cool. It's a good thing that you say that you add our beer and uh, you've never been here because yeah. our main thing here is that we want people to come and see us. Right. We want people to come and experience the beer as the beer is not only a product, it's, uh, it's an experience. It's Absolutely. something that you share with people. It's uh, an ambiance. You say that? Yeah, ambiance. ambiance. Yeah. Same, same word. I think uh, we pronounce it more French than you. So. <laughs> So uh, we like people to come here to, 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 to talk with the staff and uh, to experience the fresh beer that comes out of our taps yeah. uh, directly from the brewery. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And that's part of that. Would, would you consider yourself primarily a brew pub then as opposed to like a... We are totally a brew, a brew pub. pub. So yeah. there's no packaging at all? There's no package, packaging okay. at all. We opened in uh, 2011 and we... Okay. Uh, we, we we opened our door with five uh, house beer the first day, and nice. from then we uh, we almost uh, never sell beer outside from the brewery. Right. So the ones that I got must have been maybe at Mondial. Perhaps? Yeah, we've been to a few <clears throat> festivals uh, in the past. Uh, lately, uh, not that much, but uh, we've been to the Mondial uh, a few years and uh, at Chambly too. Uh, and Are you doing it this yeah. year? No. No. Not into it. Need to chill. We just don't have any time. Yeah, <laughs> I hear need that to lot. chill. Yeah. Maybe is a right <laughs> way to say it. I think it does get a bit hectic, particularly like that's at the very end of the summer when probably people are like exhausted and it's, they've been to other festivals and just keeping up with their own production. Usually, yeah, that, that, that's right. Usually, when we do festivals, we we miss an opportunity to have a, a menu with all of our beers here right. uh, so we don't have enough uh, stuff to to give to our customers that are that comes here all year long yeah and first of all it is nice but it's a lot of work yeah, yeah i can imagine you gotta have all the set up the staff all the like the, the, the tents and the, the cool thing yeah it's a lot it sounds like a headache it is fun but a lot um Let's start with the first beer then, and then we'll get into your story. So I assume we're starting with this bad boy here, correct? That beer? Yes. Is, what is uh, this it's called La Petite Côte, okay. uh, in reference of the, the, the neighborhood here. Uh, in the past, people were, were uh, working at uh, the shop Angus, where they built a locomotive and uh, tanks for the World, uh, World War II. Okay. And they were living here, so uh, they have to uh, come up a little bit, a little hill, so uh, the, the neighborhood was called Lapid's Coat. 
yeah. which is in, in the hill. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's a Kölsch style beer, uh, style from Cologne, and uh, it's a simple blonde beer that is a little bit uh, that that is a little bit malty. There's mm -hmm. a little bit of honey, uh, quite fruity. It's fermented cold, but uh, it has a lot of uh, flavor. Right. So that's our our main uh, blonde house beer. Perfect. Cheers. Get it in ya. Yeah, solid, crisp. I get the honey a little bit, a little bit of fruit. Um, a little like bit of spice uh, from the hops. Yes. Yeah. What hops are you using this? There's Spalt and uh, Crystal. Crystal oh, is an uh, American. Okay. Yeah, it is an American hop that has a little bit of uh, grapefruit. Okay. What was the first one? Cri uh, Spalt, a German yeah. classic hop. Never yeah. even heard of that. Is well, it? you should. <laughs> <laughs> I got to up my game on the German styles. I don't know enough. It's I, a classic Pilsner. Uh, up okay. Normally, I feel like a lot of them put SARS in it a lot. It, it so looks a little bit like the SARS, but the, uh, the spiciness is uh, different. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, I do these stupid reviews. That's how this all started. So I do like reviews. I take pictures with the beer. So if you're so cool. So you're filming yourself? I film myself taking pictures. Yeah. Okay. It's very mad. <laughs> I thought like, you, were, you were going to put that on. on you're like, what are you doing? I'll do that later. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. And this one is called Le Petit co uh, Cote. Cote or Cote? Cote. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about your um, brewing history. How did you get into beer? I began brewing in um, high school. High school? That's yeah, yeah, that's a first. With, with Kit. So we nice. wanted to have a cheap. And you were of age and it was very legal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, say no. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> and then we we, we uh, I was brewing with a friend, and then a few years ago uh, after that I, I began brewing alone mm -hmm. with uh, malted barley, so uh, all grain brewing. Oh, you went straight. So how long? How many yeah. years did you do? Kit? Yeah, we we we've been doing a few batches, but just to to to, to just enough to interest me. <laughs> And then uh, I began to, to be very interested in uh, knowing how to do it and uh, what uh, what ingredient is doing what on the, the, the final product. Uh, so I decided to brew a full grain, okay. all grain. And then in college I continued to brew a lot. So I brewed them maybe something like 200 batches at, at home. Jeez. Yeah, when I was uh, pretty young, like... 20 years old and after that I decided to uh, to leave my studies on the side for a, a few years and to, to try brewing uh, in the commercial brewing so so I've been to um, a formation that uh, that uh, like the schooling the proper brew school? a one-week formation okay. and at the end of that I was uh, hired at McCausland uh, nice. Brewing. A lot of people went through that. It yeah, seems. it's a it's a great school. It's a yeah. great place to, to <laughs> great school to see how it works in a big brewery. Yeah, and to uh, to follow procedures and uh, to to be very clean and think about stuff more technical. Yes. Yeah. So, but I I left uh, from there uh, only uh, eight months. Right. So I, I, I worked there for eight months, and well, after that I left to... Uh, what year was that? It was in 2005. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Damn. OG. Sorry? 
OG, you are a uh, an original. Well, that's a, a hip hop term, original gangster. <laughs> but it means original like, gangster. It just means you've been there, like you were one of the first. Okay. It's just like it's become a pop culture term. Are you going speak. to put like a, a cap in a cigar? <laughs> yeah. When the, like the thug life, little sunglasses come off. Those videos are the best. The animal thug life videos. Thug life. Sorry, dude. I totally distracted you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Killing me today. Okay, so, sorry. Uh, 2005. 2005. Yeah, so in McCausland. 2005, I was, uh, I was hired in McCausland. And then I've been to uh, a new brewery that was uh, opening in uh, Laval at the time. And uh, I began uh, brewing uh, there. So I was in charge of everything uh, in the production for two years. Nice. And then I left. To, uh, to pursue my dream of uh, opening my own brew pub. Very so cool. that was the, the idea from a very long time. But I decided to work on my business plan. And I, I, I've been um, traveling in uh, Belgium and Germany at yes. that time for a few months. And when I came back, I decided to, uh, to look for partners uh, to open this place. Right. Yeah. So we... we succeeded in uh, 2011 so there was exactly. a, a very long time before <laughs> i can uh, i could uh, get all the, the financing and the, the right partners and right. The, the location did you why did why did you choose this area i chose this area because um it was at the time it was a like a dead spot there there, there was not much um commercial activity okay. uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of bars on uh, la rue masson uh, there was only one that could get uh, attention from people under 40 years old mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't specialized in beer so uh, it was a very good opportunity because uh, there was some kind of uh, effervescence here and we didn't miss Because uh, the the year that we opened, there the was there was two other new bar uh, on the on the street. Nice. And after that, uh, a lot of people, the the, the neighborhood, uh, began to, uh, to to grab a lot of uh, attention. That's great. It, it became what it is today, uh, a very uh, very uh, vivant uh, neighborhood. Yeah. Definitely, I've heard. I keep hearing about it a lot more. I feel like it's sort of definitely coming up there's, and there's other brew pubs in the area or is it mostly they are not there's not okay <laughs> no they are not on the street in the Vieux Rosemont uh, it's only us there's Brouhaha yeah. and Diberville yeah they're, they're not that far that, right. not that far but it's a 20 minute walk okay and uh, near there there's the Mabrasserie as well cooper co cooperative mm -hmm. so uh, it's changing but they, they are mostly uh far from here right. and the thing is that you you cannot you you, you came in bus so you know uh, there's not the lots of uh, transportation no, here it's really it's very hard to get here it's very hard to get out of here <laughs> so people like to to just hang out they in, come uh, they the just bar. like right, i'm here for eight hours yeah Mo most of our uh, customers are l living here right uh, very near so it's definitely on that sort of very much a local yeah it's bar. the neighborhood Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, what I was, I was trying to explain to Tiff on the way up, so I Googled it, and like Le Circus Sal means, I, they always referred to it when I saw him talk about like Canada Post. So I thought it meant like depot, but it means branch. <laughs> Is that right? It, it means like. Yeah, it could be translated by branch. Yeah. Right. It's uh, abstract. I right. Mean, it doesn't have 
a lot of signification. Okay. And we can we can invent one, but uh, the you fact is the, the fact is that that to find a, a name for a bar is very hard, and yeah. uh, without any context because the 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 building wasn't built before us. Mm -hmm. It was a hole a hole in the ground. Oh really? Yeah, and we we. We had a hard time uh, arguing about what name to give to the, this place, and right. uh, someone uh, suggested La Succursale, and we were like, okay, done. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. That's good. Okay, so this, sorry, so you guys built this from scratch? Yeah, well, pretty much. Construction company, maybe? Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, we. we uh, That's great. We, we rent in a new building, so they, they, they built it. And you, you can see on our website and on YouTube there, there's a, a each day I was uh, on the other side of the street taking a picture. Of Just to watch it like. Everything, uh, yeah. That's very cool. So, Never uh, heard that before. Yeah, it is, so it took about uh, a year. We were waiting for the, the thing than. to be ready. So it took, you started 2010 probably to open in 2011? Yeah, a, a little bit before that, yeah. Oh, wow. So in May 2011, we... Uh, we open. We add uh, the keys in February, so it took uh, okay. it took uh, a little bit of something like three months to uh, set up the brewery and to do all the the division and to uh, I guess get all the paint and yeah the decoration and uh, we start brewing yeah. too probably most importantly yeah we started brewing because you have to dial in the system right you have to kind of get used to yeah well the the brewery part was the the less uh, stressful, <laughs> I could say, because I was very comfortable with with my craft and uh, my work, and I, I I really knew what I wanted to do and how, and so there there wasn't a lot of stress with that. Good. It was only technical and a lot of thing about controls and electricity, <laughs> but right. uh, to brew the beer was the the easy part. Yeah. Okay, good. So then, did you get to design? The, the layout yeah because yeah so because you did it from the from scratch the paper, yeah the, the only paper. thing we couldn't change was the uh, staircase for the neighbors upstairs so mm -hmm. that's why we have a, a small room here that is uh, like behind kind of like private if you want to do like uh, yeah. function or something but it wasn't uh, a choice it was we 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 couldn't it's decide about this choice. but all of the layout the thing the, the fact that this brewery is uh visible from the pub mm -hmm. and if you go down down the stairs you can go to the washroom and see the the other brew brew uh, the, the, like the fermentation the, room and mm -hmm. the cold room is uh, is uh, visible uh, with the uh, windows sick so we decided uh, to do it like this yeah that's really cool because a lot of people have to make it fit to like make their plans and all of their equipment everything fit to the I, I don't think it's easier to to build from scratch because you have so many choices oh, and right. so many decisions to, yeah. to make so but when you when you have something a little bit more fixed you can see okay this is gonna be yeah the, the, true this is the, the stock like room or the easy limitations and you work within it yeah so uh, it, you have to think a lot about a uh, lots of uh, possibilities when hmm. when you start from scratch you think of it like that good point but no, I like the, I like this sort of back room. It's it's definitely cool, and it still feels very much like connected. You can see the brew house from here. You got the chalkboards as well. In wherever you're sitting, you can see the menu, yeah. which is a, a really cool idea. In fact, we renovated the, the the back a few months ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. We decided to get rid of the baby foot table <laughs> yeah. to 
to uh, keep this, this space more uh, casual for groups right. so that we can arrange the, the place and uh, if someone is uh, uh, is not seated you can talk with his friends because I, all the tables are high true you just like lean everywhere yeah I like it this is like the head table right here <laughs> the boss the table chief table chief table it's like you can do like a wedding reception in here or something. yeah if Almost. you really like <laughs> beer you can, you can have your wedding here I think people might People Maybe. might. Yeah. You wouldn't. There's a place. Uh, there's a donut place in Portland where you can get married. Like I voodoo? Is it? Voodoo? Yeah, it's yeah. voodoo. Yeah, yeah. You voodoo donut. There? You can get married there. Jesus yeah. Christ, they're intense, though. I know. <laughs> what did you? You went to the one in Portland? Yeah. I went to the one in uh, Austin, recently. Texas. There, there was a lineup and people getting Dude, married. But <laughs> I didn't see any weddings. Now you mention it, but the line for the donut shop was longer than the lines to get into the venues. To watch the bands, and I waited for the donut. I was like, I'm waiting for this. I don't want to bands run. in a donut shop. Bands in it. Okay, that could work. <laughs> could work. And I was annoyed that the chick working there didn't know. I was like, What's the one from the Rogue beers? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, All right, give me the purple one. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was disappointed. I really expected more, but the donuts were good. <laughs> I, I don't know, know if I get married in there. The line was too big. I didn't. Do. <laughs> you didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> just I just looked. It's, at it. It's fine. It was, there's other things here that are just as good. La True de Bien, True de Ben, Benya, whatever it's called. On saint Zotic, there's a place called La, La True de Ben. Yeah. This same stuff. Yeah. When, just as good. When there's still uh, donuts, donuts left. Because I always go at four o'clock and there's oh, nothing. Oh, yeah, you got to go early. That place is crazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. So then, okay, so this place has been since 2011. Um, so... Talk to us about the way that it's changed since you opened in 2011, now in 2018, so that's seven years. You've been open more than seven years. Like, how is the, how is the, the place and the business and the type of beers you make, how has that changed over time? The, um, the place didn't change that much. Some little changes, uh, one at a time. But uh, we wanted to, to build something that was uh, going to... To stay in the time, like uh, right. not something very edgy or uh, like trendy. Trendy, or yeah. We, we weren't very trendy, but <coughs> but the thing is that you can see that the bar is uh, almost the same at, as it was a few years ago. The thing that changed uh, a lot is the, the the expectation from the the customers uh, around the beers. Okay. So uh, the, the 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 trend comes here with the customer like they, they, they right. will at, at first they there wasn't any anyone asking for a sour beer right but now if we don't have a sour beer like people are problem. complaining <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those kind of change uh, thing changed right uh, one big thing that changed and that can bring us to the, other the next one is that uh, a few years ago uh, i prefer to brew uh, balanced beer I don't like the the super bitter beer and I don't like beers that doesn't have any bitterness okay. so at first people were complaining that the, the IPAs weren't enough bitter right and, uh, and in the two in the last two years now is the opposite like right. people want New England IPA that doesn't taste uh, any bitterness right so those things uh, change a lot definitely yeah so we brew a New England IPA here because uh we want to try things. Yes, absolutely. But uh, 
uh, there's no bitterness but there's there's not that much of a pungent pungent uh, up taste I don't know how to, no. how to say uh, you get the tropical nose though yeah there's a lot lot of ups but I didn't want it to be uh, like cloying uh, sometimes yeah. New England IPA has too, too so much um, so much haziness that yeah. you can taste it yes and I think that hazy like murky beer are just ugly yeah so yeah. I don't want to to, to <clears throat> there's a, a small haze that comes from the fact that there's so many uh, dry up in it okay but I don't uh, I don't uh, use the oat to, to promote the haziness and I don't uh, take a I don't use a, a, a yeast that doesn't settle at all, at all. I don't mix my beer before uh, kegging it. Right. I don't uh, like shake, it, uh, <laughs> shake my keg uh, every morning so Still everybody fixes has it up. a nice haze. Yeah. So I don't mind about this. I, I prefer when the beer is uh, as settled mm-hmm. and you can really taste the freshness of, uh, of it. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Bam. Cheers, man. solid like if I close my eyes you could tell you would better tell that it's not hazy <laughs> like it's got all the tropical fruit notes still got the creamy body which is interesting because you didn't use the oats and normally the oats oh. kind of give give it that uh, that body well at first when people started to mimic uh, the alchemist yes alchemist, uh, like this guy doesn't use oats and no haziness he, he doesn't tend to it's just a result of what he does he doesn't uh, want this no he's I think that's what a lot of people got confused like the alchemist makes Vermont IPAs as opposed to New England IPAs which seem to be different like the I don't know if you would agree with that or not like we were talking earlier about Trillium and Treehouse and stuff like that like that's a traditional New England IPA mm-hmm. I would suggest and then the alchemist are more like because his beers look like this they're a little murky maybe slightly more but not that much if you if you pour it out of the can and they all look pretty similar they are <laughs> yeah so it's it's a different kind of approach to the style and i think that he maybe got a lot of credit early on because he i think he started the vermont ipa and then other areas like like out in massachusetts and stuff sort of started with the crazy yeah, I think you can you can love the look of a murky beer if you if you wish, but I think that it's a mistake to think that it's uh, the taste will be way better because it's murky. Right. So right now people are complaining because the the beer is not solid. They're like, ah, you can see through it, so it must not be that good. And right. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a it's a beer people are strange, right? You know the drill. <laughs> you know the drill. Okay. <laughs> Damn, thank you, sir. Uh, what hops did you use in this one, by the way? It's a blend of uh, uh, five hops because I want okay. that uh, when hops. when one of them will not be available anymore, uh, I can change you it can and switch it out. And keep yeah. The same so there's Amario, Cascade, Crystal. Um, I think Mosaic. I was gonna say definitely can taste Mosaic in this. Um, wait a minute. Go check. No problems. It's a good idea. I think a lot of. Um, Sometimes breweries will make a beer with like a single hop, and then we've talked about this before, actually. Uh, Tiff, hi Tiff, I'm say hi Tiff. Uh, we talked about that before, where it was like if breweries use the single hop, 
in a beer that isn't a single hop beer or something, then what happens when that hop isn't available? Like if especially if you yeah. use like a tough to get one. Yeah, that's just it. It's what do you do? So that's really smart to drop like um, five hops. Do you want to try it or are you good for now? Right. Tiff's uh, behaving herself this morning. It's earlier than we would normally do a uh, podcast uh, on a Thursday afternoon. I respect that. This is good. Ooh. So I was right. It was right, yeah. There's Citra. Citra, nice. So Citra, Classic. Mosaic, Amarillo, yes. and uh, Crystal. And it's all late, all late editions? Like Sorry. no old late yeah. edition, yeah? O- only uh, a knockout at the end of the boil and okay. dry upping. Nice. It's, it's definitely a solid version of the style. I think it's like an interpretation for sure. It's not like what it traditionally would be like that, but it's still got all of those flavor profiles that people like about Thank the you. start. So yeah. them. I like that. I think that uh, at, as long as the beer is good, like well, that's really all that matters, right? It doesn't m- need to be stylistically uh, on point, accurate, or, accurate. or uh, so. But this style just exists for two years, so that's pretty new. <laughs> how could you say that mm-hmm. it's on or not? Yeah, has so you're you're personally a fan of New England IPAs, would you say? No. Oh, you're not? <laughs> so you went to Trillium and Treehouse and stuff and... Yeah, I was there. You were just curious. Oh, you were there. This <laughs> <laughs> is there, why not? Okay, yeah, I was there. I, I'm curious, yeah, that's right. I, and right. I don't... Uh, I don't dislike them, but I just don't think that uh, it's the only way to go. Like my... If we're talking about IPAs, I prefer IPA that has a little bit of bitterness. Right. So I, I will do it without any bitterness for for the customers for the staff for people that like it likes it right but if there was a little bit of bitterness in in this beer i would prefer it okay like i would order a paint right so but think, right now i won't <laughs> so the 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 um the fruity like if i guess you're saying you like the the bitter west coast ipas generally is that no, correct no, no not necessarily okay no, uh, you just I like, like, like i told you a little bit earlier I like uh, balanced beer right. so I won't do uh, very bitters very bitter IPA I, I never understood that trend too <laughs> I like what's in the middle I like that there's a enough bitterness to to give you the, 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 the so you, you want another another sip right. uh, so I so want much. freshness but I don't want to to, to taste like I, I'm at the dentist and it's just poison it's in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. But people can like what they like, but what they want. So, but I, I really prefer when the beers are balanced. And that's why I brew so many uh, German style beers and lagers. Right. Yeah. And that's your primary inspiration as a, as a brewer? <laughs> it is. It is uh, our uh, trademark, if we could say. Mm-hmm. And it can... Uh, we can sense this in the IPAs too, but we're gonna try some new things uh, in the year because we're, we're a brew pub, so we can do very small batches. Uh, so uh, even if I like to do uh, Czech Pilsner or uh, Kölsch or uh, Alt or traditional Porter and Vienna Lager, uh, we will do something like the Mango IPA. Right. So it completely throws. 
changes it up. Yeah, and uh, uh, we're gonna taste the, the strawberry sour in a few minutes too. So yes, this is very different. <laughs> it's, it's eclectic though, and even just looking at the menu before, like I feel like there's a a bit of everything. And yeah, I assume that was very intentional. It is. So we we. We have to follow a little bit of the trends, yeah. But we want to, uh, we want our customer to appreciate the simple, uh, traditional beers that are well balanced. To right. Yeah. Does it? I've noticed that some brewers, and we were talking about some of them earlier. Like there's a lot of guys in Michigan who like hate New England IPAs, both the drinkers and the brewers. Like <laughs> more often than not, they just I don't know why it's so funny to me. They just hate it. Um, so there's some places that proactively like you know what no like we're not going to brew New England we, and they'll probably say we're not going to brew a brute IPA we're not going to do sours um, and I thought that was an interesting approach so being that and I think it comes from the individual tastes of the brewers or the owners themselves that are like no 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 we only do these type of beers that's what we're good at that's what we're going to do I don't care about trends bam so are you like I guess you don't mind, even though maybe you're not a fan of the style, you'll still brew things that perhaps are trendy for now? I think that if you want <clears throat> to brew a good beer, you, you, you have to do something that you like. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's why my uh, New England IPA is maybe not on style, <laughs> because right. I prefer it to be a little bit, a little less easy. Uh, but if you do a, if you have a high volume brewery, you will have to to focus on, on a few things. But we're a brew pub, and we brew beer that will be on tap for two weeks. So, why should I uh, uh, refuse to brew a, a beer? Like I can do it, right. uh, try it, try to to do something that I like, and uh, to uh, to work on it. Uh, and people will tell me if they, they want it or not. Uh, if yeah. I really ate a beer, I will not brew it. <laughs> but is there anything you hate? I, uh, Sorry to catch you off. If, is, this, is there every, anything I hate? Like to the point where you're like, I am not doing that beer. It's very hard to tell. Right. I ate, what I ate is beers that, I, that, are, uh, that are a mistake. <laughs> like if it's contaminated or Right. taste a lot of off flavor or uh, the fermentation uh, has never finished that that I eat but uh, I think you should be interested in tasting all of the difference all the of the vari variety of the beers yeah in the world if you want uh, to be a good brewer maybe I have preference but to eight I don't know it's a strong word because you can definitely have we're gonna we, we have a lightning round at the end and we ask questions like that so we'll go into that in more okay. detail um, but I definitely agree I think it's important as a brewer that you sort of even if you don't love it like you should understand what's happening in your industry yeah. I guess right and you need to see what's going on you'd be like I don't really like that but look people are liking it so if it fits our brand and I can make it good yeah, then you should know you should be interested if if there's a style of beer that you at first think you don't like and you don't try it you don't go and see what other people like about it and, mm -hmm. and you don't try to brew it uh, maybe you miss you're missing something maybe yeah. maybe there's one thing in that style that you can pick up and use for 
other thing to be creative. Yeah. So you have to to try, and to you you can dismiss things that doesn't work that you don't like. But yeah, the the the, the fun thing to have a five BBL brewing a small brewer, brewery. Yeah. The the fun thing to have a small brewery is to. Uh, to try a lot of things. Yeah. Experiment a bit. Experiment. What is the, is it five barrel? That's your yeah. capacity? Mm-hmm. Nice, so how many fermenters? We have four. Four? Yeah. Okay, and what what is up here? Is it fermenting or that's like grain and stuff? Uh, it's the hot liquor tank, so the, the hot okay. water, the boiler, the, the kettle to boil the, the wort, and the mash tun. Okay, yeah. and the yeah. fermenters downstairs. Yeah, the fermentation happens downstairs, and we keg in the cold room that is uh, just beside it nice and do you so do you do do you do a lot of licensing like do you sell your beers to other beer bars like oh. or things like that uh, it's not like a licensing because we we brew in our equipment at Madwaski oh, I think that's the wrong word like they call it like at least in Ontario like licensees it's just like restaurants who buy the beer so do you just sell kegs I guess is probably more we culture. don't sell any uh, kegs that are brewed here. Oh, but you do it out of my brasserie because yeah. that's for but, distribution. Uh, yeah, so we have a few uh, brands that we can that we brew at my brasserie. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, we brew uh, new beers there mm. because we like that uh, the. The the beer that people taste here tastes the same if we can sample it in another bar right. and uh, the, the, the brewery the brew brew system is a little bit different so it's very hard to tweak it to be exactly the same as like when I brew it so uh, I like to do new beers at this place that is separate so people don't again. compare and uh, s- usually the, the, the deceptions from uh, comes from comparison so uh, I prefer that people taste the beer for what it is and not right. for what they they have the souvenir of what it was here. Right. So then, okay, at my brasserie, you don't package, you don't do cans or Only bottles. kegs. Yeah. Only kegs. For right now, it's only kegs. And where do those kegs go? Uh, mainly, they go to Bira, mm-hmm. the, the Bira Bar à Bière Maison on uh, Saint-Laurent Boulevard, mm-hmm. which is a, a bar that I own with my girlfriend. And uh, we have a few beer that we, uh, we brew also for, for uh, yeast. Uh, which is a group of, uh, which is a, a bar on uh, Saint-Zatic too. So what's it called? Yeast. Just spelled yeast? Yeah, it's... Was it the Y-O? Is it like an O? Y-I-S-S-T. You have seen that around? Yeah. Is that your bar as well? No. That's... But, but we brew the three, three or four house beer for them. Okay. And the, yeah. what are they? A beer bar? Yeah. Hmm. So many little small things I'm trying to piece together in Montreal <laughs> that I've heard about and I didn't. I've seen that name around a lot. Yeah, so okay. we so we brew uh, their their beers their beer. that yeah. they brand as theirs, but you yeah. brew it. And same for Bira. So so at Bira they they have uh, their their own brand, their own uh, beer, and it's it's not just a a batch of beer that we tag differently. It's really is a, it's a, a, a just batch for just for them. Uh, a, a different th- beer for them, yeah. Especially for them, made through the last the cell brand yeah. at my brasserie. By me, yeah. By you, yeah. Who also owns it, so it's like an interesting ecosystem. But it's really the same thing. Like you're brewing that beer for that place. Mm-hmm. It's just the back end is mildly complicated. Okay, <laughs> no, it's not actually that complicated at all. But so, 
Are you going to package beers at all? Are you looking at cans or bottles? Or We're is, thinking is that, about it. Yeah, it's a long uh, process. Yeah, doesn't inter- does it interest you? Uh, we we would like I would like to package for for a marketing purpose. So yes. I want people to know about La Cursale. I know I want people to to drink my beer and to go somewhere else right. and make it uh, taste to other people. So I want to attract people in Le Vieux Rosemont and on Masson Street to, mm-hmm. to to walk in our doors and to to spend the night here. <clears throat> right. So that's that's the main idea. So I don't want to package to 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 make money with cans or to 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 be distribute everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just want to have the best and the freshest beer that we can uh, in cans so that people can taste it and come here after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it's possible. I think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Cuz like yeah, that, that's me to judge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, I was just about to say that it, I think it's... I agree with that reasoning very much. I think it's exactly why you... you if you're going to do it, that's why you should do it. Because... Well, the, it depends on, on, on your uh, business model. You also can, true. You, can, you can make a living from... Just... Uh, selling cans. There's yeah. no wrong about this. Yeah. But that's, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to expand a lot to, to do some cans that doesn't profit a lot. And uh, I, I really want to focus on the on the bar right yeah. I guess though based on what you're saying I, th- I think it the real I was going to say it is possible to do to achieve that because if you'd say packaging cans and they go around Quebec the best thing about craft beer or my, one of my favorite things is the beer tourism like say if someone in Gaspésie gets some of your cans and they're like ooh sick and they're like alright Montreal I'm coming to Osaka Cell now and that's how it works it's mm-hmm. like it's that straightforward like I just really, if, you, if someone can get access to your beer and then they're going to be in that city, and they know that you have a place, like they'll be there. I just think that's a. I think a lot of say in Ontario is another place we talk to a lot of brewers, and I think a lot of them who have a similar mindset to yours, where they might package and sell from the brewery, like mm-hmm. cans to go and stuff. Because I know here it's a weird rule about that. Like in Montreal, it's strange. I think they're changing it soon. Yeah. Well, the law is that if you have a brew pub you can sell at your bar but you cannot sell outside right. and it's a Quebec law so it's a lot of things that are done uh, in other provinces or in the United States we just cannot do it here yeah which is that's my least favorite thing about it <laughs> I love going to Toronto like brew pubs and then being able to walk out with a six pack of stuff that I like yeah so so they changed the law so it's not gonna change anytime soon after that they changed the growlers only, right yeah so now you can have growlers but I don't like growlers no do I <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't it's do much for us do you like crowlers it's very complicated to have to have crawlers here oh yeah uh, you can but you Legally? have to buy you have to buy so many uh, so many stock of uh, like, lids and uh, like you have to buy 70,000 lids so oh, really <laughs> that are like that are marked uh, consigné 20 cents and and pallets of cans and uh, with uh, with uh, the labels uh, the labels from Racine Quebec and I don't have any space for that so just abandon the project. It's a shame because I think crowlers are cool. I like I like them a lot just because it's like it's a little big for my life. I don't know. I don't really want that much of everything all the time. I mean sometimes, but like a growler, I don't know. Growlers just seem annoying, heavy. 
yeah. us and like whatever. Yeah, we're looking into yeah. it, but uh, for right now, I think it's very, very complicated. Yeah. And I don't want people to taste bad beer at home. So that's also another argument yeah. I've heard. People don't like it because what if they have it sitting in the back of their fridge for a month? They pull it out and they're like, oh, it's trash. Yeah, what is that brewery? Yeah, right? Yeah, I know it's got the label on the, the growler. But what I was saying was I like in Ontario that, say, even though you can buy to-go packages from the brew pubs, a lot of them have one or two brands in the LCBO just mm. for that exact reason, just for, for marketing purposes because they can't distro just like you can't. Well, mm-hmm. it's like... It's just difficult because Canada and America, every all the beer laws are ridiculous and they're so difficult. So I like the idea of like they have you know one key brand or two key brands in the LCBO and then they have their other to to bring people into the pub. So I see that a lot and I I definitely think that it works because I've seen I watch all the other beer Instagrammers and the things that they're saying and they'll post that and they might not have ever heard of a brewery and they'll go to the LCBO and they're like ah yeah yeah that's surely the same concept yeah it's a good way to get known yeah. Um, I like that a lot. Let's go to this bad boy. Are you ready for it? Yeah, so this is an uh, IPA brewed with uh, mango. Nice. So like I said, I like to have a little bit bitterness in my IPA. Yep. It's an IPA. It's supposed <laughs> to be bitter. So uh, there, because there are fruit, I don't go with a lot of bitterness, but okay. uh, they are uh, citron and cascade ups nice. that really complement the mango aroma. Is it a mango puree? It's a mango puree. puree. Yeah. Nice. All right, we're we're going to taste a, a fresh fruit, uh, seasonal fruit beer in a few minutes, but uh, when I go with uh, mango or uh, or a goyave, guava, guava, yeah. uh, I prefer to to do it with uh, frozen because yes, if, if they pick a green fruit in the, in the tree and they send it here and it, it writes in the, the, the grocery store yeah. it not, it's not as good as, as a, a, a good pure, a yeah. frozen puree, puree I like that and that makes it also available year round too yeah otherwise that okay. beautiful cheers man so you can smell the ups and yeah coming through a little bit Ooh, of it is bitter. I like that it's thick. It's like mango juice. It is. And it's very fresh right now because it was brewed uh, last week. I like that. I feel like that's not what I expected yeah. at all. And that one is easy because there's <laughs> mango. <laughs> no choice. Yeah. You know the drill, sir. Oh, yeah. If I may. Thank you. Um, but it's funny that you say that it's bitter because really is not <laughs> do you know what it is in like, comparison maybe do you think it's more maybe, just like in comparison maybe because if you, you go backward a few years uh, and I, I and I come to you and say that's an IPA you're gonna say no way right it's not bitter it's not an IPA but there's there's a lot of ups but not too much because we want the mango to come through yeah but there's a little bit Cascade. of bitterness because you don't want any sweet cloying I, I want you to have a pint of that totally it's, it's definitely um the more I'm drinking it, the bitterness is coming down. The first sip was felt bitter. I don't know why. That happens to me a lot. Like, I might even have that first beer and a first sip. I'm like, whoa, it's bitter. And I know it's not. It could just be like Yeah, well, adjustment. in fact, that, that, the Kelch that we taste at first is maybe the one of the bitter beer that we had, had right now. Because uh, I think that uh, blonde beer that are... Uh, a few years ago, every brewery... brewery uh, we're doing a, a blonde beer that was very insipid, like no taste at all, because they, they think that 
that's people, what people wanted want. this but if people want bland beer they has a lot of choice <laughs> so don't brew bland beer doesn't has any that's a good name for doesn't the make any sense don't brew bland so beer. if you put a little bit of bitterness and yeah. bland beer like this is 25 IBU it's not a lot but a lot of time people will, will make 15 IBU bland beer so right. people can so the, the, the everyone will like it but it's not true because it tastes bland and when you put some ups and some Like some, some taste in it, it yeah. yeah. You you can taste it that it's better, but but it's good. Like better is supposed to be good. Yeah, that's right. Beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my one thing. So that's so right. This is technically a Kolsch, right? Yeah, yeah. So technically, yeah, because technically it's a, Kolsch, a it's controlled that. appellation. So right. if you're outside of Cologne, you shouldn't be uh, calling that a Kolsch. Kolsch. Oh. So it's so that's uh, why it's a. Yeah, it's like brewing champagne. Outside yeah. of champagne or cognac, yeah, you or cannot do it. But everybody, oh, shit. everyone calls it. Does culture. it? Yeah, but the thing is, the culture is a is a an appellation of a, of a region. So they don't have any rules about what the beer should taste. But they all brew beer that is pretty similar. So mm. it's always a little bit uh, grainy, soft, uh, spicy, fruity of the up, but with with a, a, a Cold, slow fermentation and a long lagering. Right. So they all brew the same type of beer, but they they don't have to. But right now, people are brewing Kolsch outside of Cologne, like me. Yeah. But some of the people like are brewing like sour Kolsch or very hoppy Kolsch. Or if you go on Red Beer and you look at the the best Kolsch in the world, it's like a super hoppy Kolsch, which is which is ridiculous. Like, right. don't call it a Kolsch. Yeah, it it's should be called not. something else. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that because I see in like everywhere, Kolsch is a very popular, like style, and I always thought it was somewhat not interchangeable. I know it's different, but I didn't know what the difference. Like Kolsch Pilsner and Lager were kind of the three you would usually batch together because they're like cold filtered or cold, sorry, fermented beers. But I didn't know because can you call a Pilsner out a Pilsner outside a Pilsen? I think that everybody does it. Everyone does. <laughs> like yeah, well, I don't know if there's a rule about this. I know that there's a different spelling in Germany and in yes, in the Czech, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, I know that you can definitely taste the difference between a Czech Pilsner and a, 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 a German. German Pilsner. I heard a German Pilsner is a Helles lager. Helles is a different than the Pils because it's a little bit less uh, bitter. It's gonna be maltier. Hmm. It, it will comes usually from uh, Munich region, right? And uh, it doesn't have uh, as all the ups of a of a pilsner. Yeah, German pilsner right. will be drier and mo more hoppy. Uh, hmm. And uh, the Czech pilsner, which we do here, uh, is uh, is is brewed with a very malty pilsner malt. Uh, very rustic taste and with a lot of saws up, which is Sounds very uh, right. particular. It's big in that, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. very hoppy too. Interesting. Okay, that sounds interesting. Is like fruity hoppy? It's it is citrusy and yeah. uh, it's hard to define, but you can say fruity. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I don't know. Does that bother you? As like it sounds like you are maybe not a traditional, but you really enjoy like that the the European or German style type of stuff. I do. I like that. People, people were drinking this beer for centuries, 20 centuries, yeah. or, uh, lots of years. So why why should we just dismiss this because it's not new? Mm -hmm. So I, I like that if you go to Germany and you can you see uh, how the beer is a cultural thing and uh, people uh, 
really love their beer and they, they go to pubs and they, they have uh, lots of uh, regional brewery uh, and I think it's a it's a beautiful thing to, yeah. to see and the, the beer is, is simple uh, but it's good it's made for conversation it's made for uh, socializing yeah I like that does it bother you then that a lot of the North American breweries and I guess like Western breweries now are like dry hopping pilsners and lagers and stuff is that like because I guess they're like twists on a classic style is that like as I, a, I think it's a good thing that people are experimenting okay. but I don't like that the like hijack a style mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Kulsh and say that is a Kulsh but it's a sour very hoppy beer so it doesn't have anything to do with Kulsh we're just yeah. you're just using it for marketing purpose right. and that's what I don't like like you can do a hoppy Pilsner if you want uh, with American ups, but just be clear about what you're doing. Can is it is it fair to call that beer a hobby pilsner or a dry hop lager or whatever? If that's say if they took this exact beer and they just dry hopped it to make it fruity, what what's fair that you could call it? Like what is? Yeah, do, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, a very I know it's a it very will, like, it should be a very long debate, <laughs> and maybe I could think about it before. Uh, okay for saying it uh, in front of in front of the world <laughs> it's a big one <laughs> I just I did never thought of it before I, I did not know about the culture thing. that's fascinating but like I just wasn't sure then maybe if it if it is because I, I have seen people get upset about like uh, you know whatever that concept like mislabeling beers for marketing purposes I know that you know, people get a bit touchy about that and fair enough it's you know it's yeah. a bit manipulative and it's not and misleading to the consumer I really have a mixed uh, relationship with the styles because I, I like traditional styles, mm-hmm. but I like to, I, I would prefer not to tell people what the beer is. Because, oh yeah. Like I said earlier, the the, the deception are always always comes from the the comparison with what you expect. Mm. So if you want an IPA, and for you an IPA is a very bitter and a fruity and you have an idea of, w- of what you want, so you're going to compare it to what you're tasting. Right. That, that, that may be the best beer in the world, but if you're expecting a, a brown porter and you have a blonde kulsh, you're going to be... Disappointed. You, disappointed, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's maybe a big uh, <laughs> comparison, but it's always the, the, the same thing. If you're, if you're saying so, to someone, this is a English bitter, and they, they've, they've been to London a few weeks ago, and you... You give them that that from the tap, and it's very uh, different from what they they had before. They they're gonna they're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. Okay. So, do you have another alternative way to classify beers to be I don't. ordered? <laughs> no. I don't because the we, we at first I um, I didn't label the beer with uh, styles in the in the first uh, weeks. Okay. But uh, you just had names. Yeah, it, it was very complicated because styles are are a good way to educate people and to uh, show them where does it come from. Yeah. But you and and style evolves. So someone got up one one morning, probably like Michael Jackson, and he went to to every brewery in the world and yeah. he said that is uh, English better and that is uh, this thing, and now it's it constantly evolving right uh, so yeah 
it's a hmm. mixed uh, relation relationship yeah because it is tough I mean people need to know what they're purchasing but like the box keeps changing if you're going to label something this is an IPA well there's like 20 different types of IPAs technically if you want to really think about all the different varieties and of whatever you can do so it's like the expectations are always going to be so I mean maybe it's up to yeah it is a long conversation because I guess you can all you can do is really either like have some sort of governing board controlling that and then yeah. they would have to tell you what it is but that would just put bureaucracy and that exists too but it's uh, but that's just for competitions and stuff mostly. that's for competition and it, it can uh, I don't say it's uh, it's not that good for the industry because people w won't be experimenting if they ask to to be always in some on stuff right yeah and that's boring yeah. That, yeah that's boring but all that to say that if if you think if you think of a traditional style that is there for a few hundred years and you just put that label in your beer so people will buy it and you do whatever you want with it yeah like a sour apicoche <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you can think of like another way to market the beer yeah hmm. I wonder if it's like just using the traditional styles that people would have a problem with. Like if you said that about, because like there's certain styles that have been around forever. Like IPA technically is only 100 or so years old, I think. In the 1800s, I think it was. Mm -hmm. 150 years old, maybe. So like it's not that old. And there's newer styles. Sour beer, I'm pretty sure, must be new. Like must be it much is. Newer. Well, so that, that's, an, that's an interest, interesting um, example because all this almost all the new sour beers are made on the Berliner Weiss style but in fact uh, no one I know brew a real Berliner Weiss okay because the the Berliner Weiss the, the original one were fermented with uh, lacto uh, bacteria but right right now everybody is doing the acidification before the fermentation it's a technical thing but for me you cannot say that it's a Berliner Weiss if you didn't ferment it with the uh, bacteria right I do a sour beer on the style of Berliner Weiss and I don't ferment it with uh, with the bacteria because it's too complicated to explain to people the difference uh, I think it's a very very nice addition to the the tools of the brewer that we can uh, uh, do a sour kettle a kettle sour beer that we can uh, take a word a yep. s sweet word and uh, make it acid and then ferment it it's, it's very very nice and we have so much possibilities right now but to say that this is a traditional Berliner Weiss is it's just wrong right I mean you're, you're not doing it at all interesting I didn't know really what the difference was to be honest I always knew that Berliners were awesome and low ABV and generally fruited yeah and they're supposed to be like three three percent yeah, alcohol three. and yeah. very very um, uh, gassy mm -hmm. and they, they called it champagne of the north and okay. it's an old style that almost disappeared right and it's very nice that people are are using it right now and it's becoming very popular and it's very nice that now it's uh, becoming mainstream that uh, a beer could be sour Right. It's a it's a it's, it's a cool, good yeah. thing. It it's is. a good thing, but to say that the Berliner Weiss is, is what everybody's facts. doing right now, hmm. 
it's inspired by inspired by so then maybe that's a, a way to get around that like inspired by Villanovice or something in the descriptor as opposed to the name of the beer or something uh, I recently had speaking of that the original Goza by it starts with uh, Ritterguts or something okay have you had that? like it's the German <laughs> bottle from like 1800s like they had it at the LCBO one time I was like hell yeah and it was tastes exactly like every other Goza I've ever had okay yeah so probably it tasted uh, like, it was great like the same I thought, to be honest, I thought it was going to be... I've only got into... I'm one of those newer school beer nerds. So I'm not like yourself. Like, I, you opened this brew pub when I got into beer. Mm-hmm. Like, properly. I was drinking, like, macro lagers from across the world and thinking I knew my stuff. Like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> and then I, boom, I started this photo thing and then I learned about beer. I'm like, man, that's crazy. So I'm, I'm a new school guy. So I'm sort of, that's why these new trends are more appealing to me because mm-hmm. it's only been, like, seven years as opposed to 15, 20 so now though and I think some of the people like myself might find themselves in a similar position we're starting to get more interested in the traditional stuff because before it's how you start and like cool all these German lagers and European lagers all taste the same cool this seems boring it's boring and then you go into the ambers and blah 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 you work your way up and now it's come full circle and I was more excited to be honest to try like this even though I love the New England I was more excited for your like your your pills there and there yeah, and you're, stuff. you're explaining it the same way I do uh, when I talk about new people coming into the beer like in 2005 I was I was doing uh, saying the same thing exact same thing that you're oh, yeah? uh, saying right now at the time there wasn't uh, all those uh, styles uh, available yeah it much was less beginning in the, in the corner yeah. stores and everything and uh, I was uh, telling people that every new beer geek were appealed by the Belgian style because it was like the the fun the special the crazy stuff beers yeah yeah and they, they wanted to have a, a, a lot of punch a lot of flavor a lot of uh, alcohol and mm-hmm. fruitiness and spiciness and and the use uh, of fruit and uh, but at the time fruit were not that hip it was no. considered to be like a girly beer yes and that changed a lot <laughs> a lot a lot but uh, it was uh, not well seen to have a Like a beer, beer in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Now though. But it changes a lot. Yeah. So you felt the same way that like maybe and that you were coming back around. Yeah, every, everybody has the same... Like path, right? Same path, I think. Not everybody, but almost. And I think it's the same thing in the wine industry or or bread or whatever. Like right. we, 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 we were raised in a, a blend uh, agro-industrial era like mm-hmm. if you're born, born in the 80s or yep. 90s Very everything much. was boring and bland straightforward in, in North America and that that causes like a kind of rebound like we when we discovered that the food could be fun and tasty we were like very very inside excited mm-hmm. and if you go to Europe it's like the other way around like they they they, they still have very flavorful cheese and and corner uh, uh, bread and and everything is is more traditional mm-hmm. so they 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 have all those tradition about beers and they think that uh, they are like uh, very good about it and they're they're champion about their beer but they're not interested in that much in uh, knowing about what's around them what's around them and what's uh, and it's a big generalization and mm. it's changing but 
I think that in North America we we were so affected by the the the, the white bread <laughs> that now we want everything on the other side. Right. Everything uh, funky so and it, it really is a, a big uh, a violent reaction from from this uh, era. Hmm. Yeah. That's the and best explanation I've ever heard. That's for me the the, the reason why in, in the USA uh, the beer are so extreme. Right. I dude, that you nailed that. That's perfect. It's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> coming up, it was just like because doing these beer review, I was drinking everything just to get numbers to try and because I was like, there's no way there's. I had to drink 365 beers in a year, and I was like, there's no way there's 300 beers in the world. So cool. And we just went to the. I lived in. We lived in Toronto at the time, so going to the LCBO and it was just all these boys and everything was the same and at the time 2011 all Ontario craft beer was very British very just porters like even then that was extreme for me so like just English style IPAs and blah 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 everything was just so standard so then as my palate grew and these other options became available and Canada was way behind the states as well to be fair yeah yeah uh, as you know and as it came I was like whoa like and I can see that probably what it is like you sort of I grew up in the 80s as well, 80s and 90s, so you're like eating this white bread and these bland pasta and all this stuff, there's not a lot of flavoring, and then all of a sudden, they start giving me sour beers and these hazy IPAs, and like all they're like, this is mind-blowing. And then it's been so intense probably for maybe almost about two years for me, kind of what you said before, about two years. And then now I feel like I'm coming sort of more full circle and I'm, I'm fascinated by a good Now you can appreciate some well-made simple beer that yep. you can you can have a glass without uh, talking about it every sip <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, exactly. like having a taste at home is not the only way to to drink beer no you can like you can enjoy a full bottle of wine you don't have to to taste seven like, of no. them yeah <laughs> exactly and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just nice for a change I don't know something about it is so appealing that's why I'm like I don't know much about the German stuff so that's why I wanted to keep asking questions about it it's just so fascinating to me now because I'm still trying to in my head understand what stars are from where and what version of that is what because it's so there's different rules there yeah and the thing is that if you really want to, to taste the the real traditional beers you, you cannot go to the the LCBO or SAQ to buy them because they don't come here you have to go there and right. to To, to make a pilgrimage of this and yeah. to to to, uh, uh, to ask questions to know what's the best and what and it's several long processes you, you cannot just go one day and say I, I know everything yeah. that's the beauty of it and if you taste uh, what people brew here that are traditional style even then you cannot know if it is really really a traditional style or not and yeah. and And the question is, what is traditional, and uh, why should they all brew the same thing? Yeah. And if you if you go to Belgium, every uh, saison uh, tastes very different. If you go to Germany, uh, lots of pills taste the same. Right. So it 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 changes uh, from region. And if you go in uh, England, like in the north, in the south, uh, the, the the bitter won't taste exactly the same. So it's very. It's very interesting to, to have yeah. uh, all those uh, experience. I think we need to do that. We've done a lot in North America and stuff, but I think it's uh, that'd be the next step because it's a whole different world. It's like opening, it's like just stepping back to catch up, to get to where we are now. We're understanding the, the, the modern styles. I feel like it's almost like, well, 
you should have understood that stuff to get to here but I didn't realize how important it was I think there's a lot of people like people I meet guys like yourself who are brewers who like got into it through this stuff like seriously who understand it and it's really cool I think the average drinker might not have done that they're more like me my path would you agree with that at all that more more drinkers would have started with the modern styles particularly in the last five plus years and then now like that's coming back actually want to go back and learn that history yeah I think it I think it never changed really and yeah. I think it's uh, it's fine like if you want to appreciate something very simple you have to have an idea of what are the possibilities yeah you have to taste a lot of things and and then you can say oh that I like that I don't like that right. I prefer and uh, and at first you you really want to have just punch in the face you want to be uh, yeah. to be shocked what we're, what you're drinking you have yes. to uh, to have something to say about it right? and that's i think that's why the, the most of people drink or taste beer yeah if you just if you're not doing just to be drunk <laughs> then you want to have a, a pack of flavor and yeah an interesting experience yeah, yeah. it's hard even because i'm from australia so i went back recently and they're getting a lot better their craft beer is like even from the last time we went a couple years like so much better but still even the palate for my taste is, is still a little too light I need more more of a punch and it's all really well made and it's getting there and it's just a little still on the lighter side but I think that ref reflects the country like their the people's palates are still at a little bit of a they haven't had that crazy influx that North America gets which is interesting I'm not sure if it's the same in other countries but at least there they were sort of a little bit behind and they, some of them were aware of that too and they know that it's getting there so I feel like next time I go back it'll probably be exponentially yeah, more intense it's again it's changing everywhere constantly right uh, it's fascinating uh, would you like me to go and uh, the strawberry yeah let's do it just before we get to the dark one yeah I'm gonna take this Ooh, yeah perfect what is the dark one it's a porter right yeah English porter perfect got it yeah nice work careful there so I hope you guys are enjoying the uh, discussions about the traditional beers. It's definitely something that I know jack shit about. Um, so I would hope that um, you know people are interested in that as well. Let us know if this is something that like that interests you guys. Like, I, like this is just like a good example, uh, a good opportunity to talk to someone who knows more about this type of stuff. Like a lot of brewers start. Uh, like coming into the game in these um, in the more traditional styles and sort of that that's what got them interested in that's what they were brewing and that's kind of what they base the the their range off I mean here in Montreal they're more Belgian influenced but it seems like I suck a sour from what I can tell it's definitely more on the uh, German than sort of excuse me uh, like yeah I guess the German styles I saw he's got like an oak beer up in there there's like a, a, a German Blanche uh, here, um, English bitter. Uh, what else did I see? Get the culture course. Another Belgian white, the blanche. Um, yeah, the opia Hellaslager in there. I mean, there's there's like quite a lot of German styles, so it's like super interesting. Bam! Thank you, sir. No, you're right. Looking for no worries. Thank you. Look at the haze. No, I don't. I'm just trying to. Yeah, the other the keto. 
So this is a first because we just uh, keg it and nice. I didn't taste. I didn't. You haven't tasted it yet. Yeah, I haven't even smelled it. Oh wow! It's getting it all on camera. Quoi? Oh ouais. Uh, and then we have a grain delivery right now. Okay. Do you need Do you need help? Uh, I need some time. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's gonna go by there. Okay. We can pause. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We have to. Hey, right, we'll be right back. Alrighty, we're back. Grains loaded in, and it's time for strawberry sour. So it's called the La Sur Masson Framboise Fraise. Fraise. So each summer we uh, we wait for the fruit to be ripe, and uh, when the, the the prices are low, when there's a lot of uh, strawberry, uh, we're we're brewing a sour beer, and we we buy fresh fruit nice. that were picked uh, like yesterday. Really? So Damn. we go to the market, we put it in the beer for a few days to uh, finish its, its uh, fermentation, and then we keg it. So wow. that was kegged a few minutes ago, so I didn't taste it or, or even smell, smell it. it. Yeah. Talk us through. It smells fresh. Yeah, eh? like it's it smells fresh strawberry. I, I used to uh, to work a little bit with uh, with uh, canned fruit or. Uh, frozen fruit like the mango mm-hmm. uh, but for for fruits that grows in Quebec uh, you cannot match the, the the aroma and the taste of the the fresh fruits yeah and where when they were picked like yesterday it, it really is awesome and the difference is uh, completely it's, it's two completely different worlds so I think that it, it works the pain and the, yeah, it's worth the, it, right? the, to, to, to go and get it and to process them to, to do your own puree yeah uh, but the, the, just for the aroma I'm, I'm satisfied out of control yeah all right you ready yeah cheers we don't feel how you feel very good. Oh, that's amazing. It's so, nice and light. It's so refreshing. So the sourness is always a little bit different from batch to batch. Yeah. But I I, uh, I really don't know uh, what I prefer when it's very, very sour or just a little bit. In the two cases, uh, a little bit, uh, a little touch of uh, sourness oh. really accent the fruit. Uh, like, I don't like sweet and fruity beer. Okay. Because... Um, I guess it's enough uh, sweetness. It's very, the, yeah, the, 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 the beer is never as sweet as the fruit. So yeah, yeah. it's always a deception. So I prefer when it's sour. Mm-hmm. So you can really add the freshness of the fruit and uh, you can you can match the, the sourness and the aroma. So um, yeah. it feels more natural. Hell yeah. What what do you think the ABV of this one is? Is that? I have to check, but it's probably four. 44? Okay. Because I know this one probably won't be on untapped yet. Will it? Yeah, well, well, on tap. How do you feel about on tap? <laughs> yeah, well, people are uh, well um, intentioned, but I mean, the the, the, the s- strawberry sour that I brewed n- last year uh, probably is different than this yeah, year. Yeah. So I don't know. On tap will say how much ABV it is, but the reality oh, is that they, they don't know. They don't know, because I guess it's different. Yeah. Um, but a funny, funny uh, anecdote about this. Yes, tell me. Sunday I was in Chambly, uh, the festival, and someone gets to me and say, "Oh, I'm gonna taste the Angus IPA." And he say he says that that's not the same thing as the Angus IPAAA because at first we called it 
Angus IP triple A, like the beef. All of the beef. Ah. Ah. But it wasn't enough funny, and the, the staff were complaining about this <laughs> because people thought it was a triple IPA. And all they're getting in this. Yeah, month. it was very messed up. So we decided to Seven. to remove the two A. So it be, it, oh, it became the Angus IPA. So the guy is telling me those are two different beer, and I'm like, no, no, it's the same beer. We just removed the A from the name. He say, no, no, look on, on tap, there are two different entries. So they, See, that's what and I'm is. like, I'm the brewer. <laughs> I know what I brew, <laughs> and he didn't want to go, to let go. He was like, "No, this it's not the same, dude. It's not the same beer. It's like this. On tap is telling me it's not." The, and I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> it's done. Hey, get out of here. Yeah, that's honestly like that's untapped culture, right? out of control. It's a good tool, but just you, you have to know that's. It's yeah, a game. Like if, <laughs> if, if if the individual who brewed the beer is telling you, like I feel like that should trump the uh, the app. I think. I like it as like a, like I record them all and I post it, but if I want to, I like to check if I've had something. Like that's, I like it for that. Yeah, it's a good tool. Because I can just log in real quick. I used to have a, I still do it, but I have like a spreadsheet to check all of them. Because if I go to a depreneur and I'm trying to get something, I, have it, I know it's ridiculous. Because I want to review them as many beers as possible. So right? you're, you're a ticker. Like uh, they were it's more just called f- like that on uh, red beer. Yeah, like it's, but not in the dick way. <laughs> like I'm not pretentious about it and I'm not doing it to say I've had more than you or I just have I guess I compare it to OCD like I just want to have as many as possible because I want to like I could go and drink this beer again or I could go have this new beer but I want to make sure I haven't had it so that's why I do that because I just want to try new stuff because you never know you want to discover it's fun so hopefully I'll, like, I don't want to be one of those guys <laughs> don't look at me like yeah. that <laughs> the thing is if you have fun it's all yeah. that matters and I don't ever talk shit about Vyashi we had a big thing about that yesterday online uh, we very the problem I have with the people on Untapped they get a bit um, what's the word not preachy but pretentious and, and like no this version is, is terrible I don't know what they and they start like talking shit about the beer I'm like well what have you done for this like where's your like half a million dollars into a brewery like I, yeah. I, I really I hate that like that one drives me crazy so I, I'm very like I just describe the beer as I see it and if I really like it I'll say it and if I'm sometimes I might be like oh, it's not really for me but give it a crack because it's subjective it's just my palate so who am I but some people take it real serious and start like knocking beers and breweries a lot and I don't I think that's when it gets out of control online and whether it's untapped or because they're not. It's everywhere. Anyway, it's, it, if it's not on tap, it's going to be yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, beer is going to be Instagram. People and Twitter, people. It's like, yeah. Exactly. It's just like a, an interesting thing because I, I, I understand from a brewer's perspective. I know a lot of brewers have told us in interviews that they hate it. And I, if I was making beer, I don't think I would like it that much either. Yeah, I, don't, I don't look at it. Uh, I just update my menu. Yeah. And same thing for raid beer. I think it's, a, it's one one of the tools that made the craft beer so, so popular uh, red beer but That's true. Uh, I, I I stopped for f- from looking at the reviews and then yeah. the, probably better I don't know what are my notes or and, and now I'm saying it and probably I'm gonna go check <laughs> but but I, I usually forget about it and it's, it's fine and laugh yeah. on right um, we're gonna go to the lightning round now oh okay are you ready no yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm so, gonna answer in French. Do you know what you can do that? And you, you're gonna, you're gonna. I'll, have try, to, I'll uh, translate for the people. <laughs> Bit of right. closed captions. Okay, maybe not. You can do it if you like. This okay, is okay. this is your podcast, right? Okay. Now, right? 
Uh, your favorite, okay, so basically short questions. You can answer quick or you can answer long. Most people tend to answer long, so it's up to you. So the first question is, what is your guilty pleasure beer? So a beer that you would be embarrassed, that you like, that you would be embarrassed to admit to, like a craft beer nerd that you like. Uh, I have not, I don't have any. No? No. Not like, uh, like I like, I don't mind like Corona, I'll say. Okay. Or um, like some people say, like Scott, my co-host, he likes Labatt 50. Yeah. No. Nothing? I have a lot of friends that drink uh, bad beer. 50 or... Um, I think like that. that, but like, there's not enough time in the day to brew, to, to, to drink Labat Blue. Or, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree I mean, more. I don't, it's not that I dislike it. Uh, if I really have to do, if I'm like at a karaoke bar and I have to, <laughs> to drink a beer, I'm going to take a big... The key or whatever it's called. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, you wouldn't I don't it. brag about it. I don't. I'm not ashamed <laughs> about it. I just. <laughs> it just, it just yeah, is. is. It is it. Yeah. You avoid but it. Usually, yeah. usually, I if I don't have a uh, alcohol drink that I want to try or I like, I just won't take it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably more like that. But if I if there's no beer that I like and there's a cocktail that I would like to try, or a wine or anything, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with what I prefer. In the instead. Yeah. Smart. Uh, the opposite, beer you would decline under any circumstances. So a beer you would just be like, no cocktail, please. A beer that I would decline? Yeah, so you would never drink. If you went to a barbecue and you didn't have... You know, yeah, that... Like if there's uh, one thing I, you hate. This is a very touchy question because okay. it, it concerns breweries that I think that are uh, making the industry... Uh, worst okay. and that I that are hurting the, the, the industry that, like breweries that are brewing very bad beer and they probably know because it's so bad but they release it they sell it and uh, people will buy it and when I notice a brewery that does this I I really have a very very long time before I can try again right. uh, there's so many good breweries right now that if you brew some bad shit and I happen to, to, to have to taste it, I, I buy it and I'm very disappointed, I probably will never go back and right. try again. That's fair. I think that's, a lot of people probably feel that way. But, and I know how hard is it, it are, how hard it is. I know how hard it is to brew always uh, good beer, but if you manage to brew a few bad beer and you sell them, uh, yeah, I won't. I won't try it again. That's completely fair. Um, favorite beer style? So maybe it like changes. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I would say I, I, I really crave pilsners. Like. Yeah. Uh, German Pilsner. So I, I was in uh, Massachusetts uh, last week and I really tried all the Pilsner I could. Yeah. Uh, and blonde, in the land of Hayes. Loggers and yeah, in the land of Hayes. <laughs> and and there, there were lots of very good uh, example. Fantastic. And, but that changes. Yeah. Okay, so right now, Pils. Good one. What was your favorite Pils from Massachusetts? That's it. Well, yeah. Did you have you any favorite? What? 
I, I tend to don't remember what... <laughs> you need untapped. Yeah, but... If you had untapped, you could just look it up. Just yeah, I know, it. but I think that... Uh, I, I was at Nutch Brewery in um, Salem, Massachusetts, where there's uh, yeah, the, the, witch, the witch town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they were brewing lots of uh, session German beer nice. uh, with a nice uh, beer garden. And the beer were very good. Uh, okay. Notch. N-O-C-H-E? Oh, no, T-C-H. N-O-C-H-T. N-O-T-C-H, yeah. Notch. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll look out for them. Um, the opposite. What's your least favorite beer style? Now, it doesn't mean you hate it. I mean, you could, but it's just maybe you like the 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 one you would be less inclined to go towards like I would be like a barley wine they're fine but like that would be my last choice if I saw it on the menu yeah I usually I don't order brown ale yeah that's, that's I think really they're, common they're, yeah, I know they're like in the <laughs> middle they don't know what what they want I feel like they might come back and usually it's uh, it's it's a rare, on a rare occasion, they're really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. The, I've had a few lately, like Leftfield from Toronto, like their brown ale is fantastic. And I don't like them really at all. It's so boring. And I was like, wow, I was surprised. I like it when that happens. <laughs> uh, desert Island beer. So you're stuck on a desert island. They won't rescue you, but they'll give you whatever beer you want at the perfect temperature. So you'll be refreshed what would you what would you choose Man, you have so many questions <laughs> oh, there's, still, there's a bunch more I don't know like, right now I'm, I'm drinking a strawberry sour and I really couldn't think about anything else <laughs> so maybe in a few minutes I'm gonna tell you Porter is my favorite beer <laughs> like I don't care that much you know no, what <laughs> it's like whatever I'm, I think that's my answer you don't care yeah, just whatever you can give me no but there's so many choices there are right it's yeah. too much it's hard um, beer trend predictions. So we're kind of talking about this before. Like, what do you think is going to be next? What's the next? It's not a prediction, but it's a it's a wish. Okay. It's a wish. I, I wish that. I think it's that it's becoming a trend because I see a lot of breweries doing it and uh, books are coming out talking about this. But I like what they what we're calling right now session beers. Mm-hmm. I like beers that aren't too strong in alcohol, that are uh, very balanced in flavor. Uh, high quality uh, ingredient, high quality uh, procedure for mm-hmm. bre- for brewing, like very well made beers that doesn't have any flaws, but that you can drink and not not talk about it all the time. Yeah, like okay. good beers. Yeah, just back to quality. Yeah, and not not too strong. Not yeah. too strong. I like that. I think that is definitely coming back. Though I agree. I've seen a lot more of that. Um, favorite up-and-coming breweries so maybe some breweries you've either visited or you've got some friends that are starting or that have started recently that you really think are great that uh, might do some cool things doesn't have to be Quebec could be anywhere hmm. there are so many new breweries that I oh, don't yeah. I didn't focus on any one of them <laughs> like I visit a lot of places but uh, cannot think of uh, nothing off the top one yeah. No friends here or anything that you know that are doing it? I have no friends. Yeah, no. <laughs> friends are overrated. Yeah, it's very hard to answer that. It is, uh, right? There is a bunch yeah. here that's 
uh, that have opened up in the last yeah. few months. That's pretty cool. We can skip questions. Of course, yeah. you can do what you like. It's yeah. Your interview, bro. Um, <laughs> favorite beer city, destination, or country? So, like, a place you like to go. Man. Usually, it's a place where I, I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can fantasize on how awesome it's, it will be. Ooh, I like that. Uh, That's a good answer, even yeah. in and of itself. I don't know. It depends on when, on where, because if you go, if you come to Quebec, there's mm -hmm. lots of big, uh, of very good breweries everywhere. But Montreal is a big hub. Yeah. Uh, but usually, if you go to, say, Midwest, uh, America, there's lots of, uh, of, uh, big, very good, uh, brewery in the outside the cities. Yeah. So. It's very hard to say because usually you can grab a beer at a very, very nice place, which is Random outside places. a city. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah there's no... It's, so it's a very cool. good city for beer, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> you can just literally pick anywhere. Yeah, I can, I, I'm just thinking about American city right now, but uh, I, I would go back to Bamberg in Germany anytime to, to taste yeah. beer. And I would really like to go to... Um, Prague mm. uh, for beer which I, I've never been there and I, I brew some Czech Pilsner and I really like like it but uh, I've never been there so I, I really want to go there even if I know that there's only one or two styles of beer in that city still yeah they don't do anything else eh? like that's pretty much it I think it's the main the main thing like you might be able thing. to find a New England IPA there yeah I, I wouldn't drink it in New England <laughs> IPA there. In, in Czech Republic like you have no not that much time so why <laughs> why, why bother why do it Um, underrated style or brewery city or country just somewhere or something that you think is underrated that maybe people aren't talking about enough or underrated styles brewery or city yeah so just either a place yeah. or like a beer rated thing so maybe yeah, this particular brewery is so amazing but no one's talking about it or this style is so sick or like this city is really cool Hmm. I'm getting you all the hard ones today. Yeah. I should have prepared you. You do. But it's that yeah, I would like to say Montreal. Yeah. I, I know that people think about Montreal as a beer city, but I think still is underrated. Yeah. In, in a global sense? Because there's so many great places to have a beer. Yeah. And not just beer, like, like the food is good, the, the, the service is good, the, 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 the ambience. Uh, We have a lots of diversity and uh, we have modern pubs and we, we I think that uh, the, the standards are very high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Montreal is fantastic for that. Um, best beer you ever drank in your life? Hmm. So either the favorite one ever, if you can think of it, or often it's like situational, like you were in this place to climb the mountain and you had this beer at the top and it was made something like that man I know those are so many crappy questions <laughs> <laughs> well thank you uh, I'm sorry it's <laughs> okay uh, it's very hard to stressful today right answer this should have emailed them to you prior yeah, like, maybe sent them no, to yours no it's supposed to be the top yeah first yeah, thing uh, you know my, my mind is empty <laughs> I don't have was any it, was it the first beer that you ever brewed here when you opened the place or something maybe you were like yes this no is because I'm always um, disappointed with, with what I brew 
So <laughs> how could it be? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it won't be my beer. So, but sometimes it can turn around. I can come here one night and and taste one thing random and be very surprised. Of your own stuff. Yeah. Okay. It happens. Uh, what I I don't know the best yeah. beer I, I, uh, the best beer I have tasted is probably one I will taste some next day and uh, another day. I like I like that. The best place to go to is the place you will be wanting to go to. The best beer. <laughs> yeah. The next beer you get a taste. I like that. It's great. Um, favorite beer of all times is a little bit different. So maybe you just have like a yeah, it's personal. Not, it's not the same question. No. Okay. <laughs> You're killing, killing my questions, bro. Yeah, I worked so hard on these. There's 94 episodes of questions. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good at those questions. <laughs> um, the best so like beer in the beer. world. So like something to you. I so just don't favorite. like the concept of yeah. the best beer in the world. I just dislike it very yeah. much because I think the best beer in the world is the one you're having with the people you like. <laughs> I mean, right. it's when you're comfortable and relaxed and you're having a good time and, okay. and the beer has to be good. Two, I think that you can you can you can have a lot of uh, preference in beer. You can have a uh, lot of uh, technical things in beer. You can have uh, uh, very good beers and very bad beers. But the very good beers aren't as good as the the moment you're having when you're, you're tasting it. Hmm. And that that's why it's a very hard question. Hmm. Yeah. Good one. I'll yeah. accept that. Okay. Well done. <laughs> you have to. Uh, <laughs> no choice. First beer you ever brewed. This is just fact. This is not. Oh, it was a crappy beer. <laughs> I don't know what is what is. It was like was it a the extract. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a kit, molasses, blonde, sweet, sugary, very high Terrible alcohol. Thing. Yeah. Standard, but that's why you're here today. Yeah, that's so right. We're gonna thank that well, beer. One of the <laughs> one reason. Of the, one of the reasons. Um, what would be your death row beer and meal pairing? So your final beer you ever drink, and what would you pair it with? I know, I know. It's weird. <laughs> For me, those are all the same question. Like the best it's beer, the dead beer, the, di- <laughs> the desert island beer. beer. It's <laughs> like <laughs> it's like the same. I don't know. Similar. I it's have sim- to I have to answer the same thing but differently each okay. time. Yeah. So it's, so like uh, doesn't matter. Man. Not like a check what would I, and a what would I, man, When will I die? I don't want to say and that. How could, I, how could I know what will be my taste at that time? <laughs> That's a good yeah, point. Well, if I'm super old and I don't have any uh, taste bud anymore, maybe uh, I'm going to want something very better. And 14% barrel-aged stout. Yeah. Or if it's very hot that day, like I'm in prison and it's very, very hot. <laughs> You're gonna give me something very light and refreshing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, one. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite and then least favorite style to brew. Oh. So maybe like something's annoying or something's fun to make. I don't like to brew beers that uh, have a stock mash. Like yeah, <laughs> there's too many wheat or rye, and yeah. it takes three hours to lather. Yeah, that's mainly the. You know, brewing a beer or another is usually the same Pretty thing. Same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can guess that everybody gives you the same, the same answer. 
the stuck mashes is often a least favorite so that people would say rye ones but sometimes people just say they love making a chocolate stout because they like the dark malt smells yeah. and stuff like that and that was my uh, answer I like when I when the, the, the mash smells good and usually it always smells good but when you use like British malt like Mary Sutter mm -hmm. it's a uh, it's very uh, it's a very nice aroma and, and when I we brew the porter too uh, a little bit of uh, chocolate and uh, roast. Nice. Yeah. That one smells good. Fantastic. Um, worst beer you've ever made? One that I poured down the, down the drain and yeah, never served so. to any customer. Yeah. That is, we don't even need to know what it is. It doesn't. Oh, it, it doesn't exist, so you no. don't have to, <laughs> to know what it is. But it doesn't happen a lot. Like we, yeah. we brew, we've brewed uh, something, something like 800 times here, and uh, we had a few problem technical problems there so we 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 uh threw um, in the in the drain maybe three batches that's good it's good numbers so they they were very bad very bad and that's yeah. it like you know what <laughs> happens yeah um what music do you listen to when you brew i don't listen to music no music no nothing no. podcasts no <laughs> radio nothing are you I, humming uh, yeah i know i'm listening to the pumps yeah yeah Okay. That's what uh, usually you know. I'm a, 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 brewing is just one part of my job. So usually I will work uh, on my computer mm -hmm. while, <laughs> while I'm brewing. Uh, yeah, so I'm having a look, doing the the, the procedures, and when I have to wait, I will uh, do other stuff. Work on yeah. like emails and stuff like that. But uh, if I listen to music. Uh, it will really depends, but mostly, most of the time, I will listen to jazz. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. It's good for beer. Good for the <laughs> good for the yeast. No. Yeah, but I don't listen to music in the brew. fermentation so it's room. Like, <laughs> so yeast doesn't. Uh, they get to hear it. They only hear pumps and uh, <laughs> glycol systems. That works though. Yeah, hey, I, clearly it works. Yeah. Last question for you now. There's no more. What's your favorite hop? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me. What's your favorite beer? Oh no, I've done that one. <laughs> and you done, debunked it. You've done that like I did that 14 times. But in a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't. Man, you're like, you're just drilling um, like you're like making me question my whole question. Favorite hops. Favorite hop. Uh, I think I like Crystal because okay. it's a very, uh, it, that hops is, up is always fresh. It always smells very good when you, you measure it. It tastes. Uh, it, it smells a lot like grapefruit, and uh, a lot, a lot of uh, brewery use it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's crystal. like don't really hear it too much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good one. Thank you. Let's let's get into this porter. Oh, last one. Last one. What's it called? It's called eighteen fourteen. Okay. In reference of a disaster that happened in London in okay. eighteen fourteen. At that time, the the, the porter brewing was the the the. the a big industrial thing and they used to make a, a very very big vat of, uh, of beer that has uh, eight ten stories high so uh, there were lots of batches stories. of beer in yeah it was very very big and on Tottenham Court Road there was a brewing brewery and one of the vat uh, just collapsed and broke another one beside it and mm. it flooded this the, 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 the road and there were uh, like 12 12 deaths from the porter yeah jeez drowned and, uh, and poor people that were uh, 
that, that, that died at the hospital after that. Jeez. And people were, were, were running in the street to get the beer. <laughs> yeah, so... It's morbid and kind of funny. I don't know if it's funny or sad. Like, yes. I prefer like, funny. Yeah. It's so old. So it was 200 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So it's... Um, so it's... Uh, I, I couldn't say traditional well, porter because porter has a so long history of yeah. a different recipe with, with that, that followed the uh, industrial re revolution. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first beer to use the black malt, black patent malt uh, that was, uh, that was uh, heated very high without the coal. Uh, so it, it, it was uh, one of the first beer to not be smoky. Uh, that was uh, dark. And uh, it, the recipe changed a lot. So it, it's kind of a modern porter. It, have, uh, it has 5.5% alcohol. Okay. And what I like is that it's not too roasty, but just a little bit. It's chocolatey, not sweet. Uh, a, a good bitterness to balance all the thing. And you can drink it uh, all you Absolutely. want. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. A rough lap. Nice. Decent amount of bitterness. It's getting creamy. a bit hot. No? Yeah, it's, it has been here the whole like an hour and a half. I like that. That's great. I like the chocolate. Nice and crushable, but still lots of body. That's great. Uh, you know the deal. Last last one for the podcast. Legend. Thank you, sir. Um, where are we looking at now? Okay, we did a solid probably hour and 40. Not bad. Well. I'm sorry for your last question. <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go home and meditate on it. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little upset. It's uh you know now now I'm gonna have to review the questions and see what we. I can think do. you should. You think I should? Yeah. What do you think I should do instead? Don't ask for the best beer. <laughs> Why is that? But it's just my opinion. That's just you. Yeah. <laughs> there's no answer to that. There's no answer. Yeah. So, no. Do you know? But what? Uh, the question on the. The new brewery is a very good one. That's a good one? I, okay. I'm ashamed that I don't have any answer for that. <laughs> I, you know what? I really like your uh, blunt honesty. I appreciate that. Your what? Your honesty. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem. I don't know any better. <laughs> That's all you way to do it. Yeah. Um, man, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. It was fun. You are a gentleman. It really was. Um, where can they find La Sarcacelle on the internet? Yeah. You know? Well, if you, if, if you don't know how to find something on Google, well, yeah, well. you should ask your mom or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me today, bro. I yeah, love that, it. That's com or you, Facebook, you know. And it's around there. Instagram? No, we're not. You're on Instagram? Yeah, you are. It's not underscore Oh, if you say so. <laughs> this is actually not, not on Instagram. You know? Well, someone made one for you. Yeah, well, good for him. Yeah, we should be, but uh, we're not. I respect that. Well, um, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, chuck us a big fat thumbs up. Hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell so you know when the new episodes drop. Follow us on social media. See, I know our one. It's at BAOS Podcast. Thank you, Craig. Uh, You're welcome. The OG. OG. <laughs> the OG. We have to put that in the episode name. And uh, lastly, uh, check out the long-form audio so you can hear very attractive and blunt, honest people. Thanks, John Philippe, right here. Um, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else you get your talking media. That is it. Thank you again, my man. You're our gentleman. Cheers.